If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. everybody welcome to the a and after show it's me Lindsay leverage and james beckett is here yo 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 and we're here on tuesdays again so we're back to tuesdays that friday thing was like a uh it was a temporary thing due to summer scheduling or whatnot my kids are going back to school and everything else is going back to normal and that includes our our tuesday mm-hmm. live stream so uh if you were here last week or last time um, you'll remember that things are kind of also weird with the anime schedule right now. So Jujutsu Kaisen's not back yet, but it will be this Thursday. Finally, we'll have a, a new episode of that. And Zom 100 has been on again, off again due to production issues, although we did get a new episode on Sunday. So we have an episode of Zom 100 to talk about. Still don't have any Jujutsu Kaisen. So James and I took a note from Jackie and decided to check out Happy Marriage, which is streaming on Netflix. Yeah. And that anime um, has done really well on ANN's episode user poll, which you can also, if you go to like ANN, we post that every week and you can vote on each episode that you're watching and give it like up, up to five stars. And then we take those and we make the rankings for each week and we share those graphics too. You can find them on all our social media channels. But uh, Happy Marriage has been up there the whole time and admittedly i had not watched any of it yet and i think james before this show you hadn't watched any of it other than maybe the premiere for preview yeah guy, i watched right? the first episode for preview guy but i hadn't, I hadn't been keeping up with it yeah um i personally hadn't watched it up to this point because i had heard through the grapevine that like there was a heavy like abuse element and i wasn't sure i was game for that i was like eh, do i want to watch something about you know a poor girl being abused by her family and like them doing horrible things to her. We already and st- watched the whole season of Made in Abyss. Yeah, we was- watched, yeah, we did Made <laughs> in Abyss already. Of our lifespan. Yeah, it, yeah, for real. And I was like, I don't just, I don't think I'm in the, the headspace for this. I'm not really into it. Um, but people kept telling me that it was really good and that it wasn't maybe as severe as I was thinking it was. And I'm happy to say that, you know, they're right. Obviously, you know, I think there should be content warnings for people who might have some 
some sensitivities to this kind of stuff, but for the most part, at least for a couple episodes, yeah, a couple episodes where it, it does get a little intense. Yeah, six is the big one where that's probably the most like extreme stuff happening on screen, but otherwise, a lot of it is this girl. Um, she gets engaged to a guy that they figure will have nothing to do with her after a while, but it turns out to be a sweetheart, and they're just almost in a happy marriage. <laughs> Right, well, they're getting they're in a happy engagement, yeah. As of point. yeah, as of episode eight, episode nine comes out on August 30th, which is tomorrow from this recording. Um, as of episode eight, they Kiyotaka and Mio are just they're doing okay, more or less, right? So, uh, James, you want to tell us about the setting of this a little bit because it's not your typical like high school romance. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's, uh, have we got an exact year? It's turn of the century, yeah. like 19th, late 19th, uh, maybe early 20th century Japan, yeah. uh, to the point where Western influence has become a big thing, as we see later on. Um, but it's kind of a, an alternate history because uh, this is a Japan where um, yokai, spirits, demons, they're called grotesqueries. In the um, in this universe, at least with the English translation, yeah. and this is a world where those monsters are real, and there are also people that have all sorts of supernatural powers um, that are used to combat the grotesqueries. Although this isn't an action show, except for a couple of scenes. Yeah, um, but it, it's a it's a, a lightly fantastical supernatural setting, and the main character, whose name I need to. Uh, I haven't got her name pinned to my brain yet. Uh, Mio. Mio. Yeah. Um, Mio is um, unfortunately um, the second daughter in a family that is very, very much obsessed with power and um, social ranking, and you know, uh, just climbing up the social ladder. And she, unlike her uh, sister, uh, Mio was apparently born without any powers at all. Oh, just a quick that, correction: Mio is the older sister. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. The, I, I, in my brain, I meant older, the 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 favorite sister. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kaya is the favorite, and she's yes. younger. Yeah. So Mio, Mio is the the um, the older. She has a different mother than her other sister, Kaya. So that has created some drama with her stepmother. She has kind of an evil stepmother thing going on, and uh, because of her lack of powers, and because of the fact that she is apparently not valuable as like a social bartering tool. Mm -hmm. She has basically been raised as a servant. Um, she's been abused, neglected, mistreated her whole life. And um, she is basically consigned to a life of misery and um, depression and self-loathing and fear and all the negative emotions you would associate with that life until she meets uh, her groom-to-be, who is, as you said, actually a cuddly little teddy bear. Yeah. So like one of the things I liked about the show, it's a, it's a take on the Cinderella story, right? Like mm -hmm. her mother died, even the cherry blossom tree, that is a reference to like the original uh, Cinderella story where the spirit of um, Cinderella's deceased mother gave her the gifts out of the tree as opposed to the fairy godmother thing, which came in in a later version. So um, it's, it's a take on that. That's why she's living as a servant. She has an evil half sister as opposed to a stepsister, an evil stepmother. Um, all that kind of stuff. But the supernatural element kind of weaves in her mom, who is her is mysterious, was supposed to be of this like line of supernatural folks. And 
Mio doesn't appear to have any supernatural abilities, but it's pretty obvious that she does have some kind of latent thing going on that no one is really aware of that has to do with these nightmares that she keeps having, right? Um, but a lot of the... My favorite part of the show is both the first section, which is her family getting their cup, comeuppance, their much-deserved mm -hmm. comeuppance, which is satisfying. And then... Very. Also, the fact that once she moves out of that house, everyone is so nice. Very, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I really was, um, went into it thinking that, oh, she's going to meet her fiancé and he's going to be, like, super cold-hearted, but somehow she's going to get him to melt and open up and then it'll be, you know, this happy situation. But that's actually not what it is. Like, their first yeah. little conflict is resolved through him thinking... Yeah, you know, maybe I was too harsh that time, and I'm sorry. <laughs> like, there's just, like, open communication. When he accused her of, po of attempting to poison him. That's yeah. Like, he... the first interaction is like, you ain't gonna poison me, woman. And she's like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry I messed up so bad. But, like, they're, um, the maid that works there, Yurie, is just a sweet old lady who would be the perfect grandmother to absolutely anybody. Like, there's a... A kimono shop lady who's also just doting and nice and uh, Kyoka's older sister who comes in in the later episodes is also really nice. Literally everyone they meet is really, really nice. It was just Mio's family that sucked. Well, is... not only that, but they almost all immediately, and this is what I found so impressive, was that I think it's literally one episode after, maybe episode three. So like one episode after uh, Mio and, um, oh, uh, what's his name? um Kyoka. Kyoka. Yeah. Um, one episode after they've kind of officially met where basically everyone around her is like oh she was super abused and neglected she has a lot of emotional trauma we're gonna have to work with her to like help heal some of those scars which is yeah. so like that level of a, it, it's it's almost a little anachronistic the level right. of like emotional like um Emotional intelligence. intelligence. Yeah, the descriptors yeah. have her. It's like, oh, you know what? Um, like when uh Kyoka's like, ah, there's no amount of pretty gifts and compliments I can give her that are gonna uh heal decades of consistent abuse and trauma. Yeah, so I guess I'm just gonna have to keep on loving her every single day. And it's like that's beautiful, man. Yeah, but also good on you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Yuria who tells him, like, well, the only way to hear to heal. Uh, or to give a woman confidence is to love her is like what she tells him. And so he just like, and you would think because in these typical romance scenarios, right? Cause he's wealthy. He, he has like a great standing in the military and he's independently wealthy and comes from a good family. And he's very powerful with his supernatural abilities. And I've read a lot of Jose slash shoujo manga that have those sort of, you know, that kind of fantasy uh, page turner kind of situation. And usually one of the first things they have them do is have the guy like flaunt his wealth by buying her all of these things. Right. And he does buy her like new kimono, but um, he doesn't tell her at first either that he's bought her this new kimono. And actually the first thing that he really does for her to show that he cares is that he finds a former maid that worked in her household as a kid and had supported her and was then fired because, you know, her family sucked and they wouldn't let, the, the maid stand up to them so he basically finds her another support system because he notices <laughs> she's really depressed and reaches out to her friend like you need to come visit um my new fiance because uh she's having a really hard time and she just needs like a good friend basically type situation and i was right. like instead of you know taking her out and 
lavishing her with gifts, which is what you usually see in these sort of stories. And I was like, wow, that's that's great. Because I know when I felt really bad, like if my husband went and, you know, got one of my called up one of my friends and had him just come over, I would just be like so immensely touched by that. And I was like, this is a good guy. It's it's I mean, like he's it's it's almost a it's such a wholesome take on like the perfect kind of ideal romance romance character yeah he, he truly almost can do no wrong at this point because the amount of conflict they've had basically boils down to oh you're so traumatized you don't know how to accept unconditional love and yeah so i'm just gonna have to find all these multitudinous ways to show you my unconditional love, which I have in fact established as of, you know, almost immediately meeting you because you're Cinderella, right? Right, um, yeah. But it's yeah. so wholesome, like you said, it's, it'd be one thing if it was just like a Christian Grey, oh, he's so rich and uh, he, he, he makes her feel beautiful and all this stuff. But the yeah. fact that he does like recognize, I'm not the person that can help her right now. She needs someone that she trusts, someone that is maybe representative of uh, the happiness that she she might have once felt at one point in her life and i need to show her that she can still have that happiness and that the people that love her have not all gone away and it's just like that's i mean how am i supposed to argue with that <laughs> how do you argue with that like yeah, yeah. like put a ring on it right now yeah 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 and i mean and they do all these you know and he keeps uh uh basically trying to force her to unlearn all these hyper subservient, like um, protective behavior she's done as a way to hopefully stave off abuse. Right. So he's like, quit bowing your head to me all the time, or you don't have to call me that or no, really it's fine. Like uh, the one time when he tells her, like, I actually want you here, which is like, you don't, this is like so different from this type of media that we usually get even when it's like fantasy scenario romance anime you don't usually have a guy just outright say like it's me who wants you here it's usually yeah, something like, no, more it's... like you have to read between the lines yeah. between his coldness because he's shy sort of bs or something and i like just... having you around yeah you make me happy yeah please come with me to do these chores <laughs> which i'm basically doing so i can spend time with you yeah like, yeah what does he mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you'll get there, honey. Yeah. There. Yeah. So all of that part, like really set it up. And then the supernatural part, which again is kind of hokey for the sake of drama, right? Like it's only there when they need to like up the ante about something. So, I mean, I first knew uh, Kyoka was a good guy when he went to her family and he was like, so I know you abused her and I'm not giving you any of the uh, dowry sort of, or, that would normally be exchanged until you apologize to her face. And he, and he specifically says, sincerely. I yeah. to sincerely apologize. Yeah. Like, you better grovel because... I, I'm actually surprised that didn't end up coming all the way through because eventually their house burns down. So, yeah. like, they lose all their money. <laughs> um, because... Well, that's that's kind of the fantasy of... It, it's... it's it, Because... Mia was very much painted as like this eternally, I mean, uh, loving's not the right word because she definitely recognizes that her family sucks. Yeah. But there's that line that um, uh, the other guy, the guy who doesn't get a date says where it's like, you know, if, if you crappy sister died, she would feel bad because that's just how good and pure she is. Yeah. And so yeah. it's that fantasy of like, they got the chance 
to settle it the kind and gentle and like nice way. Yeah. But they suck so much that they still had to lose everything they ever owned and get their house burned down. Yeah. Yeah. And so like just to like glaze over that episode for everyone, like that's episode six. And it's the one where Mio gets in invisinapped is what I called it when I was talking yeah. to friends about it. Because again, we hadn't seen any supernatural stuff for a while, but she forgets her lucky charm at home and goes out into the city with Yurie to purchase. I don't remember why they were there. Um, they were bringing, uh, they were bringing. Oh, they brought him, they brought him lunch, lunch at work. Yeah. <laughs> also really cute. He works so hard that he forgets to eat. And she's yeah. like, I want to do something nice for him. So I'm going to bring him a lunch, which is very cute. It is very cute. My my husband works outside the house. I have surprised him with lunch before and it just makes his day. So that that like tapped into that for me a little bit. But um, she forgets her lucky charm at home. And so she on her way back, um, people with invisible powers just kidnap her inside of a car and that's how she Which, ends it truly not necessary because the car is not invisible <laughs> the maid sees her get kidnapped it's not yeah. like being yeah. invisible did not help them in any way no. other than maybe hiding who did the kidnapping but also the man's not an idiot yeah he basically immediately goes to the family and is like where the hell did you take her yeah like, where is... <laughs> yeah where'd she go like um and then it's just a bunch of like throwing fireballs and stuff at each other. Well, the reason this happens is because there's another family who has, you know, high supernatural abilities. They have two sons. One of them is very flamboyant and does not give a crap about anything. I like him. Um, like, you know what he's about immediately because he's got long hair that looks dyed. He wears makeup and he has a uh, peacock on his um robe that he's wearing like oh that's the ostentatious one okay that's the big yeah. brother that's not good for anything because he's yeah um we've seen those types of characters in like fruits basket and all kinds of stuff so no, i was literally um, just thinking about <laughs> fruits basket <laughs> yeah and um and then there's the younger brother who mio and him probably would have in another life just ended up quietly getting married and being happy together but um he ends up getting engaged arranged engaged to kaya her her crappy little sister because the families want to do something and they, they just kind of throw mio out um to the kudos and then as soon as that happened but i guess that was reneging on like an earlier agreement that both brothers would marry one of the the siblings because of mio's bloodline and so the dad and Kaya, because she's jealous, get all hung up on it and decide to like kidnap Mio, make her leave. Well, the dad, the dad, I guess to his credit, I don't think the dad knows. Oh, right. Mio's because dad doesn't Ka know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kaya like tries to persuade him, but he's basically like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with any of your nonsense. And so she and the mom go behind his back. To, to kidnap Mio and, and torture her and cut up her nice new kimono. But that, I think and, that was in that was in cahoots with uh but the other mother-in-law right because yeah. <laughs> he's the one throwing fireballs and stuff around this turn of the century japanese house and then mio's dad just runs out and he's like my home is on fire <laughs> it's all made of paper it's all, everything's made of paper who would do this i mean shit was going down as soon as uh kiyotaka showed up and he's like 
I'm just lightning bolting your gate because you won't unlock the door. And he just like splits the whole thing in half. So again, like the supernatural elements are mostly to punctuate drama. Yeah. Um, everything else is very like, I'm going to make him lunch or I'm going to learn how to be a lady and walk in a, a Western style dress so I can have a party and those sorts of things. But there's all That's this like, how, like his current character goal is to uncover the secret insidious conspiracies surrounding her birth and all of like these moving parts that are like scheming against them. And her current character goal is successfully do a party. <laughs> successfully do a party. Yes. Learn how to have like good posture, throw your shoulders back and maybe make small talk in a way that doesn't make it look like I was beat constantly. Like the, the older sister, uh, her name is Kazuki, which again, I find funny because it's kind of an androgynous name. So the older mm -hmm. sister's name is Kazuki and the younger brother is Kyoka. Um, and she, she, I think she's my favorite character. She's just yeah. like, she's super, I was a little worried, you know, whenever like a, a mysterious and a hitherto unknown sibling shows up, sometimes it's the whole thing is that they're actually secretly in cahoots with the baddies. Oh, but sure. She just seems like a chill girl to hang out with, like get a beer with her. Uh, <laughs> she was very much like, I'll teach you hours. how to be a lady. By the way, my last marriage failed, but I'm totally good at this. Yeah. I went to girl school. So like, I know how to do all this stuff. And I, I, I kind of like side eyed that. I was like, I wonder if she was just too modern though for like two western yeah. two western oh uh ak says it's hazuki not kazuki i really thought it was kazuki but it could be hazuki which is still either or it means like half moon or something like that yeah um yeah nick in the comments says mio's long game long character goal is quote learn not to flinch in reaction to the entire world end quote just fair given which, yeah yeah given everything yeah um, but yeah, the older sister strikes me as maybe a woman who was a little too modern for whoever her arranged husband was and probably smoked cigarettes when no one's looking or something like that. You know? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I feel yeah. like she, she, she drinks whiskey when she was at the ladies school. Yeah. Distracted some of the ladies from their potential <laughs> matches. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I was, I was head cannoning like maybe she's lesbian. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of where it left off at. Yeah, the most recent conspiracy thing is like apparently there's a place called the Grave up on a mountain, and it's where they bury all of the supernatural people, or it's where they dispose of the grotesqueries or something like that. And it's it was a rock and it was sealed. It had you know looked like it had um, the the paper things all the way around it, like you see on trees sometimes at Shinto shrines. And I don't know, some dudes got together and busted it open and let them all out. So. Great. That's a problem. And then there's a guy with glasses who seems potentially nefarious and is trying to like insert himself into Mio and Kyoka's life by not very subtly asking him about her and talking about how much he wants to get married and stuff while having a business meeting with Kyoka. And Kyoka's just like, I'm not. I'm not talking to you about that. Who stop are you? Talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were here on official business having to do with the emperor. Like, why, why are you trying to talk to me about my fiance? Like the opening introduction was so funny. He's like, Oh, I've heard so much about you. I heard that you're cold and women run away from you. I'm like, who just says that when you meet someone for the first time? Like, Hey, I've heard you're miserable and alone anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh... How's the weather been up here? Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Nick says that uh, the older sister's ex saw her wearing petticoats and fled across the country. I'm waiting for why, her to put on a pair of pants. I was I was expecting some 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 riding up, pants. Yes, she's going to bike riding pants. Yeah. yeah, bike riding or or horseback riding kind of uh, jumpers or something, and just showing up to the party not in a dress that would be amazing but or she just i mean she just uh skips the line and jumps straight to like torn levi's <laughs> did we have denim turn of the century were we exporting it get a hold of some somewhere <laughs> yeah um but yeah uh, so far i guess i'm probably gonna keep watching it i think now that i've gotten over like my initial trepidation about some of the uh like rougher to watch content i'll probably keep watching it because it's it's just fluffy and it's cute and um another commenter pointed out this is animated by the same people who did made in abyss and it looks really nice so it does yeah. and the music is really good it's yeah. not kevin penkin good but it's yeah. good yeah yeah um, yeah but i was noticing the soundtrack was like okay this is the composer for it is evan call actually um another transplant and what else has he worked on because i've definitely seen his name in credits before uh evan call has worked on oh love love so gear okay Big order. oh no there's some ups and downs in this in this uh film violet evergarden makes there sense yeah. Yeah. yeah and apari ronman and jose the tiger and the fish are all ones that i have heard of and he'll be on I'm not sure the correct pronunciation of this yet, but it's it's Frerin. We're gonna go with Frerin. This upcoming. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I saw. I think Jeff was um was talking about how good that one was, or maybe it was you. Someone was talking. about Richard it. really really likes it. Like he wrote a whole editorial about um about why it's like the best manga he's ever read. Is so, that the one about the immortal elf? I like the elf girl. I think so. Um, according to man, I got our uh, we've reviewed some of the graphic graphic novels for ten years. Elf Mage Frerin traveled with uh, Himmel, the hero, Hyder, the priest, and Eisen, the dwarf warrior, as they quested to destroy the Demon King. At the end of their journey, Frerin set out on her own, not quite understanding how differently time flows for her versus her human companions. Reunited after 50 years, only to see them wither and die. Oh, my God. Uh, Frerin begins to ponder the nature of connections at a time when it's already too late to say goodbye. Good Lord. <laughs> okay. Um, Feel good show of the summer, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, comments are saying it's it's Frerin. Frerin. I'm, like like Paolo Freire. Okay. I don't know who that is. Who's Paulo? Uh, I'm sorry, that was my teacher. He's a very famous uh, educational philosopher slash oh, okay. uh, activist. So okay. Anyone who's anyone who's ever had to uh, get a degree in teaching has 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 read him. He's very 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 big. Oh okay. Well, yeah. yeah. So I guess we'll um we'll, we'll probably be checking that one out during the trailer watch party. If that is that coming out in October, or is it coming know. out in January? It's coming uh, out September 29th. September 29th. That's right. It's one of the first shows that are coming out when we launch preview guide because we have to launch it earlier than October this year. That's not okay. Why did you? Why did I? Why did I do that? Yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah, if you guys are looking for like a a big softy romance story, mm -hmm. as long as you can you know tolerate some of the the more difficult elements in the beginning, I think this is a 
a great show. I mean, overall, I, I really en enjoyed watching it. Like I would recommend it even um, for those of you that are not um, opposed to English dubs. I think it's kind of the ideal English dub watch because cool, okay. um, it, it kind of, everyone is very soft-spoken. Um, it almost reminded, speaking of Fruits Basket, it reminded me of the Fruits Basket dub where almost yeah. everyone is talking at like a near constant like library voice. Oh, okay. Um, Some ASMR stuff kind of going on there. Yeah. A little bit. But um, I think just the, because it's such a talky show, um, almost all of the, the conflict is communicated just through a lot of back and forth between Mio and her hubby and her crappy family. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's a show that I would have found as um, engrossing if I didn't have the opportunity to kind of uh, like check out a little bit or like, you yeah. know, um, I didn't have to like pay full 1000% uh, attention to read all the subtitles. So um, I think the dub that's at least the dub that's on Netflix, I would recommend for my happy marriage. I watched uh, English subtitled. I'll have to check out the dub um, because I did find Mio's Japanese voice to be antith antithetical to what I usually like to listen to because so I was having a conversation with someone about this. The voice that they're using for her character com totally makes sense from like a uh, like a character perspective. I do think it suits the character. It's just it's very breathy to on top of, you know, being very dem demure. Based she sounds on... like that in English, too. OK, the breathy uh, part, like kind of. I can't believe that he would ever want to get to know me. Uh, right. It's, it's, I mean, not, I don't want to denigrate the performance. It's a good performance, but it is of that. It fits into that archetype. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, not like just not my favorite thing to listen to. Again, like from a creative perspective and from like a story perspective, totally makes sense. Um, and this is going to sound weird, but it's just something about it makes me want to shake her. So I just have to tolerate it. It's well, very much is. like, ah, for me. I would say if you're the kind, I think the main thing for me, I think I'll keep watching it. I might need to watch it in chunks. I don't know yeah. if one episode at a time, I would be, it would be able to hold my interest. If only because um, I think the show does a good job of making Mio as, um, as assertive as she can be given the lifetime of conditioning that would, you know, lend her to the opposite inclinations yeah um I, I in fact my favorite moment of the show was when she it was kind of small in the grand scheme of things but when she said no i'm yeah. not going to, to renounce him renounce yeah. this. i deserve to be happy and i'm like oh good for you girl you get yeah. yeah um but i tend to prefer romances that have a little bit more of like a back and forth like a, a bit more friction uh yeah chemistry um yeah and she is such a just passive submissive meek person um just by her nature yeah that i had a hard time i need i needed to tolerate i needed to tolerate her in doses yeah um, yeah i can i can totally see that like there were parts when i was watching it too where i was debating back and forth because i know I've, I've spoke pretty positively about the show but there were parts watching it where i was like is this still just sort of about like having your your cute little wife that doesn't really like talk back or anything to you like i don't because i don't it would be a complete personality shift for like at this point for her and kyoka to have like 
a disagreement in which she is like telling him he's wrong in any yes. kind of way. And th so that does feel like unrealistic just because even in very healthy relationships, you're going to disagree with your partner and sometimes like strongly disagree or say things you don't mean or get kind of heated um, or and need to take a step back or just need to like really assert your position because they're just not understanding what you're saying. Like all that is normal in a relationship dynamic. I can't foresee any of that ever happening in this show. No, it's very much the kind of romance where all, at least so far, pretty much all of the conflict is purely external. Yeah. If the world would leave them alone, they would literally be a blissfully perfect couple. Like they, right. like, like truly it does not seem like he sees any flaw, any fault. He's infinitely patient. He's yeah. infinitely understanding, which is nice and good for her. Yeah. But it doesn't always make for the most compelling television. Yeah. 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 And so I, I don't think it like I would be able to say for sure, like this is just a really w well written version of what still ends up being kind of a traditional romance, like as far as like gender role stuff going on here. Um, but that definitely is still kind of there uh, and it, it does stick out more depending on how many times Mio decides to say like, well, if it doesn't bother you, sir, then I'd like to do that if only you want me to kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit like, yes, the the context of the narrative makes her actions make sense, but it's still sort of like, God damn it. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So Maybe I mean, pair it with like um, a little bit of Kaguya-sama for a little, yeah, uh, a, a bit of yeah, a <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, something with a with a completely different tempo, you know, to kind of to pace it out. Um, that being said, maybe we can, we should shift to Zom 100. Episode six happens, and they get an RV. And oddly, though, what happens in the latter half of this episode kind of ties into everything we were discussing with Happy Marriage because it's got some of the similar elements going on there for akira everyone's got trauma that should be the name of our podcast <laughs> at this point yeah right like we haven't really had to i don't think we had that so much in the show we covered last season you know we had i mean we had some similar sort of discussions about trigun but i think we've kind of been on a uh, everyone's got trauma break since made an abyss right mm -hmm. um and made an abyss attack on titan yeah that season of my hero academia that i keep hearing so much about right yeah yeah the end the stuff with endeavor and todoroki in there and then um and then this one i mean we had some at the beginning because we were like yeah you know akira came from a really horrible working environment and his bosses were horrible and all this other kinds of all you know all that other kind of stuff and ever since the zombie apocalypse i mean there have been some bad things people have got eaten you know uh those but poor got, flight attendants definitely got those got poor flight attendants. Yeah. They got yeah, they didn't make it out, but you know, he teamed back up with his best buddy. They've been playing video games on the roof and barbecuing and stuff and just trying to like live out their um ideal post-apocalyptic life. But they're, they're making they're making up for all of the, the their twenties that they lost. Yeah, all that lost time um being wage slaves essentially so uh but this episode things in tokyo have gotten <laughs> too bad 
And so they're finally going to head out to Gunma to see how Akira's parents are doing out in the countryside. And I'm so glad that you included this screenshot because I thought this was super funny. Oh, yeah. This ties back into what I was talking about last week about what I would do about like getting the best wardrobe or whatever. They just go to a high end watch store. Also, shout out to my boss who probably would also do this. They go to a high end watch store and just live it up a little bit, get solid gold watches. For what purpose? I mean, they don't mean anything at the in the this scenario, but it was something they could never have before. It was too expensive. Yeah. Well, and... they're still, I mean, it's uh, they're still in the, they're in like the very final stage of just living out every fantasy they've had about city life in Tokyo. But yeah, like you were saying, things are getting bad enough where they kind of have to actually start thinking about how they're going to survive. Yeah. And it does not seem like living in Tokyo is going to be the best option for that. Yeah. Yeah. So after they, they get their watches, I mean, they decide that they, they need to get a camper. They need to get an RV um, after going through a couple different options, I think. And, um, it's funny, like their perspective of an RV compared to what my perspective of an RV is. And James, I don't know if yours is the same. Like, RVs are for old people. Right? They suck. I mean, they're not <laughs> like they're they're. Maybe it's because we live in a country where the swaths of land are so vast. Yeah. That if, if you're in an RV, you're probably gonna be in an RV for a while. Yeah, And I think anyone that's ever traveled in an RV for several days or like had to camp out in an RV in the middle of the woods or like a trailer park can tell you that um, the novelty wears off pretty quick for one. Yeah. And as like a, as a mode of transport, it's like, it's, you know, it's nice to have the room and it's nice to have the facilities and, you know, you need to go to the bathroom or take a shower, you know, you have your bed and all that stuff. That's all good. But it's like a place to live for extended periods of time. It's not great. Yeah. Um, this might also be like me being Pacific Northwest pilled, I guess is what we'll call it. <laughs> RVs are not real camping. Okay. They're oh. absolute eyesores. I hate looking at them. Um, it's it's called uh, glamping. Glamping. Uh, or it right. was back in 2005. I don't know if <laughs> yeah. I yeah. That yeah. Uh, that's what I called it when I stayed in a fancy yurt out on a orcas island but um well that really is glamorous so that yeah, actually deserves there was a bed in there it was like a queen size bed inside of a of a yurt it was anyway anyway um <laughs> no like they're eyesores uh homeowner if your neighbors got one you're gonna lose some of your homeowner value just by being parked near your house because they're hideous um oh as someone that lived in the part of washington that is mostly uh mobile homes that may or may not be mobile any longer yeah let me tell you the connotations aren't great yeah 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 so i mean there's 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 that kind of like attachment to them in general um as a kid i didn't i was like if i want going camping i want to be in a tent in the woods right and i don't know if most people like if you don't go camping a lot i mean washington oregon pacific northwest has a lot of campsites but usually what that is is like you put your tent up next to a piece of pavement where you have parked your car yeah and then about oh yes <laughs> and then about three 
three to five feet away is another one and another one and another one. And then there's really badly smelling bathrooms and that's, you know, and you get a, you get a spigot for water outside. So, so that's already fire pit. that's already been prepared or like one of those cheapo little grills. That's where you make a grill. Yeah. Yep. And so that's already like camping with the tent and then RV camping is that except for it's just a parking lot. It's just a parking lot that you can hook your rig up to. So, you know, you can empty out the toilets and stuff. It's not real camping. (laughs) And so I don't know, like I just, yeah, don't have great positive connotations with RVs, but maybe it's different in Japan though. This RV is already much smaller than the standard RV that I'm used to seeing. Right. This is like, more like a pickup truck with a bed on it sort of size well, as opposed I, to like I a giant to... behemoth yeah true yeah it's not yeah. one of those uh um i'm trying to think of the names for like all the super cliche ones you always see um but maybe maybe for a culture where driving is the exception rather than yeah. the rule yeah and so like you know most people in the u.s unfortunately unless you live in a really metropolitan area with a good public transport system you're spending a decent chunk of every day in a car in traffic and it sucks and it's yeah. still destroying. Yeah. And so the, the idea like road trips are definitely, obviously we have a huge kind of road trip tradition because of how freaking big our country is. Yeah. But it's yeah. one of those things where um, uh, the glamor of just an extended commute, like the fact that he's like, Oh, it's like a three or four hour drive. And I know I'm coming from Guam. I know that even in an Island as big as Japan, Island brain is a real thing where the other side of the Island might as well be the other side of the planet. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like a day's drive, Yeah, you know, you're never going to go there or when you do, it's like a real special occasion. And so there's that sense of adventure where okay. I think for a lot of us, like a three hour drive is like, Oh, we're going to go visit our, our relatives on the other side yeah. of the state. And yeah. That was a regular thing for me as a kid, as we drive about three hours South, because again, that once you get over to um east coast or west coast i mean it's also true in like texas and things like that though too it's like uh yeah i'm gonna go visit my relatives and the state is really really large so i'm in southwest washington already and i'm going to a a little town in oregon and it's a three-hour drive and you would just do that for a weekend like three hours one way three hours back because you got to go see grandma um and road trip culture totally um because airfare is expensive and if you want a vacation and you want to go to Disneyland, like I have no personal recollection of us driving to Disneyland when I was a kid, but we did at least once drive all the way there. And that's again, like 12 to 16 hours. Maybe you split it up between two days. You stop halfway there to stay at some motel and then continue the other half. So yeah, I think it's, um, for those of us who have the idea of that, it's just trip being like a bucket list thing is so like, that's really funny to me. Yeah. It's like, that's... But okay. it's like we have road trip movies too. So, I mean, it does get glamorized a little bit like you and a couple of friends in your Honda Accord going somewhere and you've got a bunch of snacks and stuff in the back. Or, or your VW bus because Shizuka has the best taste. She does. She does. So that's kind of what, that's how they get it on their bucket list. They're going to go to Gunma. They run, run into... um Shizuka on the way there because of course she's one of the few remaining uh humans to be <laughs> still alive in Tokyo at this point and it was funny to me they managed to basically out logic her to the point where she agreed to travel with them because 
she couldn't come up with a valid argument that would support not traveling with them, even though she maybe only doesn't. I feel like her feelings for them is like, uh, I can barely tolerate you guys, but yeah, I guess you have a good point it is safer and less resources for the three of us to be in an RV than in two separate RVs. And they almost got into what looked like a, uh, she, she tried to have them abandon the R RV altogether and go with what looked like, um, like a Ford F-150. Yes. Like I was laughing so hard. I was like, oh, that's just a, that's just a truck. That's just a truck. That's, just, that's not even an RV. That's just that's just a truck. People are going to make I'm guessing in Japan, funsies. you yeah. don't see as many of those just on the commute because why the hell would you drive a giant yeah, truck? There's no yeah, there's no utility of having a pickup truck unless you have regular pickup drop-off. And again, like Pacific Northwest, some people just like trucks. And so they just have these. That's literally like, all of Colorado. I yeah. I swear. They get horrible gas mileage. What are you guys doing? I but don't. they don't care. It's a status thing. It's it your truck is totally a status thing. You so. know how many times I've seen a pickup truck with shit in the bed? Like five. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not counting county vehicles, but you know. Yeah. Just empty Fords. Just. I see a lot of uh, I see a lot of uh, trips to the local nursery. Like if there's something in the back of the truck around yeah. here, it's it's definitely like a small sapling or a bunch of plants, or it's someone who like does legitimately use it for like a like landscaping business or like something like that, and so it's like filled full of stuff. But more often than not, there's just nothing in there. It'll even no, have my, like a bed cover on it. It's like you're not yes. even using that. No, my father is 100% the person who gets the biggest gnarliest truck possible and he doesn't put a, a thing in it but his excuses are like well what if one of you guys has to move and it's like you're gonna buy a, a fifty thousand dollar truck just in case one of your kids is going to end up moving in the the span of time that you want to okay pop okay That's i love you really if you're watching great. this you're, you're the best but uh yeah hey you know admittedly i have called my dad to help me move almost every time i've moved because he had he did have a truck so that's true but yeah, who's it, laughing now then yeah this, yeah I yeah, just yeah. but in fairness in fairness his truck has been paid off for like 10 years it is a ford but it's not like an f-150 or anything it is uh small and purple and it was like his go to work truck for whatever and it's they have other truck yeah they have other other cars now i laugh more about my mom's like suv um than anything because she's using most of that space for like garage sales <laughs> <laughs> you know like you never know where hey, that's you're, you're gonna see like a nightstand or an end table or something and you gotta be able to haul it away immediately um she's just got she's just got that sixth sense that we don't have yet yeah yeah and there have been in my life a scenario a couple scenarios where it would have been useful to have a truck like I bought a new appliance or something right and i don't want to pay for delivery or or whatever and um i have been scolded by my my dad because who's laughing now you, you know because we have a prius and we have a um a leaf so we have an electric car and a hybrid so which probably is on brand for everyone who's listened to me or well like of course Lindsay has a hybrid and an electric car right but anyway uh um, hey, i'd have one right now if i could afford it hell yeah yeah i mean my prius is 10 years old it's like a 2008 yep. <laughs> so it's like hey it's running and again it's paid off so why would i get rid of it um but you know you can't fit a fridge in there 
or uh, anything large at all. And I've definitely been like, you guys need a truck. <laughs> I was like, okay, dad, thanks. Can I borrow yours though? <laughs> we just wait here in like 20, 30 years, we're going to be uh, episode 5,000 of the ANN After Show. Yeah. We're going to be thinking, you know what would be great? If we had an RV so that we could... <laughs> We could go camping with the grandkids. We're going to be all gray and be like, yeah, we should take the in and after show on the road. Hit up all the cons and live in our RV. No. Actually, a, a con road trip, it doesn't sound like a, a terrible idea for a show. That's because you haven't been to the cons, James. It's a horrible <laughs> idea. It's a horrible idea. <laughs> like, I... I do like two, maybe three a year. It's like, hey, Lindsay, let's do a road trip where we do like eight of those. That's no. Yeah. I, well, I would just drive and wait outside. Is the thing. So yeah. like, have yeah. fun. Have fun getting the footage. <laughs> I'll fill up the tank. <laughs> I'll fill up the tank, Lindsay. You go get that interview in there. We'll see you when you get back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they do get their RV. It unfortunately is not the um, VW one that Shizuka sees, which I would. After everything I just said, one. I would drive that one though. The the VW one. That was nice. It was a nice car. Um and they have to hightail it because of course zombies just sort of seem to appear whenever they need to like push the cast into the next thing. It's like all of a sudden To be fair, they are screaming at the top of their lungs about <laughs> all of the features that these are. That's are. true. That's true. And they don't get very far before they get hoodwinked um by Akira's old horrible boss who set up a spike strip, which um, uh, his friend, Akira's friend is Kencho. Kencho is on the motorcycle, so he gets like major like road rash. Uh, especially because he's definitely not wearing his safety gear. So let that be a lesson to y'all. Someone give that man a shirt, a leather jacket. He needs some chaps. He needs a he was not wearing a helmet. No. He should probably be dead, to be honest. He was he, going at least he, like 30, 40 on that thing. So. Oh, yeah. I he was like, I've only been on the back of a motorcycle once in my life, but it was on the freeway and it was terrifying. So just seeing that play out, I was like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> thanks. Um, but yeah, he, you know, the boss plays up the the nice BS stuff, but he's he's running, he's running a, a mini factory with no time off and everything for all all these people he's managed to um, basically enslave. Yeah, enslave by taking away their, their mode of transportation by setting up the spike strip and then getting them to do it. And it, it's just like, it's very much like a guy who needs to be at the top of the hierarchy and can't um, function if he's not, right? It's like... Even though he's a fundamentally mediocre man. Yes. That is incapable of achieving anything, especially interesting or, or good on his own all he can yeah. do is yell at other people exactly yeah and it's like his his need to work fell apart and then he no longer had any power or control so he had to create i feel like he's just like creating uh work employment um when it's entirely unnecessary to do that like they're like operating out of what like a gas stop well it's I say it's a gas station, but it's not like your traditional idea of a gas station. I think it was like I think it was literally like a truck stop. Yeah, like, yeah, like a large truck stop. And so he's just forcing people to work in the heat and unload all the boxes and all. And uh, you know, there's the opportunity for this to be like a communal scenario, but 
he's just got to recreate what he knows because that allowed him to have some sense of, of power. And poor Akira is not handling it well at all. They like agree to stay for two days. Um, but just, no, he's, he's gotten full on PTSD too. Yeah. Um, he, he's completely regressed to his subservient, meek, uh, submissive self, which is just awful to see. Yeah, yeah, it is. Considering how much joy we'd seen him express on their little like adventures up to this point, to see him just sort of crumple up um, because Kencho's injured and there's nothing else they can do about it until he's good enough to ride. And this guy's got all the tires, so they can't fix up their RV or the motorcycle without getting the tires. How do you think this is going to play out? Like, Probably not well. I mean, I don't know. Like, the zombie movie fan in me basically only sees it going the way of, like, The Walking Dead. Yeah. So they're going to have to, like, overthrow the crappy boss, maybe feed him to the zombies. That seems a little dark for the show, though. It does, but um, now that you bring that up, he's literally got enslaved zombies, like, pulling cargo around like their workhorses and it this mm. episode did a pretty um clever shot of having akira like struggling right next to them to like visually integrate how like he's become a zombie of sorts again as well um yeah. but the fact that he has them in there does mean that there's an opportunity for them to get loose oh yeah and i am um, yeah i i i, I in, in in my review i wrote that I don't see them getting out of this without the boss dying or at the yeah. very least, you know, getting completely screwed over. Yeah. I don't know if the show is at the point where it wants to have Akira or Kencho actually murder someone like actively. Like, oh, I would, you know, yeah, I would have a hard time. I mean, valid narrative choice, but I wouldn't, uh, I'd be surprised if that happened, but I would be less surprised if there was some sort of, uprising of sorts by yeah. the people who are all the humans that are all still working there and if in the midst of that the zombie the actual zombies that are also working like end up eating him or attack yeah. or attacking That's, him and his his you know baseball guys and that I'm thinking and then you know they get the they get the tires back on and they continue off to good month. That's my. We also haven't met. Um, I don't know her name, but the blonde girl from the opening. The oh yeah, we still haven't met girl. her, huh? So I've been wondering, like, is she gonna like kind of show up and like free everyone and like cut the chains and like, oh, is she sure. gonna be? Is that how they're gonna introduce her? Yeah, because um, she's the only main cast member that we haven't met yet. So yeah, and we're halfway through the season now too. Um, that would be good too. Uh, I could see them doing that. I would, I would maybe dislike that a little bit just because it's a little convenient. Like I yeah. kind of would want to. I I would like to see Akira just sort of like decide that he's not going to take anymore, and then kind of lead um, a revolt of sorts. Mm -hmm. But I guess we'll yeah we'll have to see how it plays out. Unionize it. Unionize it. I mean, so we talked about this before the show, though. Like this show is is operating in a really kind of weird space because of the production issues with it. We don't know the circumstances of why the production issues are happening beyond why they usually do, which is like not enough human, you know, not enough humans, not enough time. Um, 
and that's usually due to budgetary reasons and all these other kind of awful things that we've talked about happening within the anime industry and that have been happening in the anime industry since um well it's kind of tezuka's fault if we want to get all the way back to it since like the 60s <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's kind of tezuka's fault if we if we want to go back far enough um i guess he but, he's he is he really is the Walt Disney of Japanese animation in that sense when it comes to the the Yeah, probably in a in a couple others too. Uh stopping to think about it. Uh so it's operating in this weird space where it's commenting on something like if they did have this sort of unionization allegory by having them seizing the means of production and and overthrowing this guy, um, that would still feel kind of weird because how the actual animators creating the show are making you know how we don't really know the environment that they're working under other than the fact that it is likely not a healthy one as far as the res you know the result of the show's missed deadlines for people who have missed it uh the final episodes of this are we don't know when those are going to air they 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 it's so another near automata situation it is um the episodes got delayed so so much further that they ran out of paid for time in the scheduling block so they're bumping up against something else that's already planned to air now so they can't continue to air it when they want to and they have to wait until there's another space open and that costs money and everything like the the time to be on the tv station um is paid in advance so we don't uh know when we'll get the final episodes of this if they'll just go direct to streaming they'll probably again be dropped do you remember or dropped all at once um do you remember how many episodes it is that they're gonna it's either three or four uh i think it's 10 11 and 12. okay yeah so episodes 10 11 and 12 of, of the season are not going to air as planned and we don't know when they will air um so that's kind of like hanging over all of it for me like, it makes the commentary like on the one hand you know it's it's always the people that are making the art that are you know on the receiving end of the exploitation and so you can you can still definitely like the 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 themes of the show i think really resonate in that way yeah but it, it is going it, there's just a, a layer of, of really stupid irony if mm -hmm. the people that are making a show about how you have to escape the shackles of an exploitative system in order to be happy are producing it under an exploitative and, and grueling system. It yeah. just, it just kind of sucks. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't feel good. No. And I, I cannot imagine based on everything I've ever learned about the country that there is a, a large culture of unionization in Japan. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that that doesn't sound like a super likely option, even though they should definitely unionize. Um, mm. Or at the very, well, hmm. there should be the, the, the steps should be in place that they could unionize without horrible repercussions. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's just sort of like hanging over the episode. We'll have to see next week as far as like the plot and where it goes, um, things we've discussed. The last thing I wanted to note real quick is we did get a sense that Shizuka and Akira share a similar trauma, although through different means. Um, it's yeah, it looks like it's maybe her dad. Is the yeah. Source of she probably, I'm, based on what we know about her personality type, the fact that she extensively overplans and tries to like get ahead of 
um, bad scenarios by doing research and stuff. That is a classic defense mechanism for when you've been raised in a tumultuous household with yep. someone who's unpredictable and ha is abusive or has those sorts of expectations of you. You learn to uh, try and preempt how you think they will react in order to prevent uh, such abuse from happening. The The sad part of it is, is that it doesn't matter. Like you can never outplan a person who is like that because you can't ever it's satisfy It's irrational them. and it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not, irrational. It's not rooted in, in the, the victim. It's rooted in the abuser's need to be abusive. So. Right, right. So, I mean, we only see it for a minute, but yeah, it looks like, you know, she was raised in probably a well-to-do, high expectations household. This is just based on like a couple of scenes and what it looked like. And it did look like she was interacting with her dad and he was um, chastising her or scolding her for for something. And she just says, you know, like, you never forget that. So I wonder if- That was I, the I, best line of the episode, I thought, when she says like, yeah, the, you, no matter you know, no matter how happy Akira looks, like he's never going to to completely leave behind that life that he lived because it scarred him. Right. Um, yeah. And I'm wondering if you know maybe that'll end up they'll be able to like discuss that together and it might bring the two of them closer together. Or at the very least, Shizuka might open up more to him now that she has seen that he's experienced something similar to what she has, even if Akira doesn't outright know that. So. Mm -hmm. um, Still a really good show. I mean, the episodes that are coming out, I feel like this one consistently looked really good um, and was good to watch. I just, again, hope that things that bug films, you know, gets a little gets a little easier on them. So, yeah, I think the current the the current schedule, if I'm remembering right, is next week there will be an episode. Mm -hmm. The week after that will be a recap. Yeah. Then two more episodes through through September. And then after that, it's kind of radio silence. We have no idea when 10 through 12 are going to go. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because this was six. So we'll have seven. And then you said a recap. And then we should have eight. Eight, nine. nine. Yeah. And then 10 through 12, we'll just have to find out. So, But I mean, even this episode got delayed by an extra day. So Yeah, it did. It, it, yeah. It, it really does seem like the production is very troubled. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. hopefully the animators are doing well. Get some yeah. rest. Yeah. At in a bed, not underneath a desk, please. Yeah, please. Please. Um, all right. Uh, so yeah, I think that wraps it up for this week. Uh, next week, I think all three of us will be here again. It'll be on Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. That's the time and date uh, moving forward, unless things have to change for some reason, in which case we'll try and give you guys as much notice as we can. But I uh, appreciate y'all being here and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.